Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are in the third year of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll be in Luke chapter 9 today. As a matter of fact, in several sessions, we'll be in the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to be talking about three areas today. We're going to be talking about the cost of discipleship. We're going to be talking about the uh, not just the cost of discipleship, but we're also uh, going to be talking uh, about uh, victory in the name of Jesus. But we're also going to be talking about the rewards of discipleship. Uh, if we're willing to pay the cost of discipleship to follow the Lord Jesus, there is a reward, amen, that is waiting for us. And through faith and through patience and through obedience, we will always come out to be victorious in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started right into the word of God. Father, we bless you today. We thank you so much for your goodness and for your mercy. Teach us, Holy Spirit. Instruct us today. Give us clarity. Help us to see, Father God. And that which we know not, Father, we ask you to teach us and we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right, we're in Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 51. And Luke records this, And it came to pass when the time was come that he, Jesus, should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. So we're seeing the transition now. Jesus's itinerary is moving out of Galilee and moving into Judea. We're looking at probably around six months before uh, that fateful day where he entered triumphantly into Jerusalem, declaring himself to be Israel's Messiah. And so uh, we're going to start right here. But in the last few verses of Luke chapter nine, we're going to look first at the cost of discipleship. And so we'll be in verse 57. And it came to pass that as he as they went in the way, a certain man said to him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. So there are three men that come to the Lord Jesus. And this is while he's traveling on his way to Jerusalem. And uh, he's in Judea. He's ministering in Judea. He's going to be in Judea for a few months. Uh, most of his ministry from this point on now is going to be in the area of Judea. And so this man comes to him. And he says, Lord, I will follow you whithersoever you go. And Jesus says this, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. And so we're talking here about the cost of discipleship. And discipleship, in this case, requires that we be willing to live all, leave all to follow the Lord. And there is no doubt that throughout Scripture, God delights in the prosperity of his servant. But in many cases, God does not look at a prosperous life. And the scriptures do not look at the prosperous life like you and I do. Us, we in our Western mindset, we're thinking material things. Uh, Jesus includes material things. But the more important things concerning prosperity is that which goes on inside of you. Amen. 
And God does delight in the prosperity of his servants. That's quite evident. We see that throughout the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. Uh, but the Lord's objection to prosperity is when we just consider just material goods alone. And that's not the way God looks. God looks at your heart. Amen. Out of your heart flows all the issues of life. And of course, the issues of life also has to do with your well-being. How well is your family? You know, are, 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 is, are your needs being met? God desires all these things for you. The Lord, he had no material goods. He had no, we'll say it this way. He had no accoutrements of this worldly life. And yet... He was the absolute most prosperous person that you and I desire in every area of our life to emulate. I mean, think about it. Jesus did not seek anything in the way of honorariums, uh, notoriety. Uh, he allowed the Father to demonstrate the life of God through him, the anointing of God that was upon him that drew people to him. His fame spread throughout the entire region of Galilee and also uh, throughout the nation of Israel. Jesus didn't desire that, but yet what Jesus, the kind of man Jesus was, uh, drew that fame to him. Amen. And of course, you know, Luke records how women uh, supplied his needs and took care of him, uh, gave to him, ministered unto him. Actually, is what the word of God says, ministered to him of their substance. Uh, we see that Jesus miraculously, he supplied uh, money to pay the temple tax uh, when uh, the Jews, the scribes, the Pharisees, uh, they came to Peter and they wanted to know why you and your master are not paying the temple tax. Well, uh, Jesus caught, I mean, Peter caught the first fish and there was a coin in that fish's mouth. And that was enough to pay both Peter's tax from the temple and the master's tax. And also we we see where uh, the apostle Paul recorded uh, Jesus was rich. But yet he became poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich. Well, that not only has to do with the eternal life, it has to do with the outward life, too, that God said that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. But now we have to counterbalance that with what Solomon said in Proverbs. This is in chapter 11, verse four. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath. Your wealth, my wealth, what, whatever we've gained in this life is not going to help us on that day. The rich in this world, their wealth is not going to help them in the day of wrath. You know, we're not going to take our goods. We're not going to take our houses and our homes and our 401k and our retirement. None of that. We're not going to take any of that with us. God allows us to have these things and they really don't belong to us. They belong to the Lord, don't they? And so we, we find out from the Lord what he wants us to do with these things. Now, God blesses us because he loves us. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, that's that's a fact. I mean, Scripture proves that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Amen. And so in Scripture also tells us that we're not to trust in uncertain riches. Amen. Uh, we may have them one day and lose them the next. <laughs> Amen. 
But now Paul did say this. He said, godliness is profitable in all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Amen. So uh, we don't need to be ashamed of our wealth. But we do need to be ashamed if we're using our wealth just for worldly things. God wants to make us reservoirs. Listen, there's uh, many of the devil's crowd that are reservoirs for this evil word world. God wants to take us, take our wealth and make us reservoirs for the kingdom of God. And what better way uh, to use our money but then to promote the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ through the preaching of the gospel. Amen. Uh, Verse 59 says, He and he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, this man said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Let me go back to my previous point, and that is dealing with prosperity. You you know, God has no problem with us being prosperous. He does have a problem with us being covetous. That's when we get into error. But even though God has blessed us and continues to bless us, we have to be willing to leave it, to sacrifice it, amen, if need be, in order to follow him. If the situation arises, if the circumstance arises, amen. And there are many people that uh, that sense the call of God into their ministry. And God is calling them to go to Bible school. And and they're halted between two opinions. And they're trying to get there in their own strength. And they're trying to figure out in their mind, well, how am I going to be able to live? How's my family going to be able? How am I going to be able to support my family? But yet God told that man to go and he has to go. Remember in Luke chapter 17, the 10 lepers that came to Jesus wanting to be healed. And Jesus said, go your way, show yourself to the priests." And as they went, they were healed. See, that is faith and action. When God tells you and I to do something, we do it. Well, what if it looks like it's going to cost us? God is going to make it up. If God says, go do something, do it. And as we go, he's going to supply the need. Amen. Praise God. So we need to obey God. I know of too many ministers, too many men that were called to the ministry, but because they could not trust God, they would not go. They waited. You know, well, I'm going to wait to go to Bible school until I get more money. More money will never come. The money will come when we make the quality decision to obey God and go. I mean, that's the whole purpose behind the ministry. It's go. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. When I was uh, getting ready to graduate from Bible school, I started praying about what the Lord wanted me to do. You know, he gave me one word, two letters, go. That's all he said. And the rest of it was just being led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Praise God. All right. So here we have another fellow. And Jesus says to this guy, follow me. But he said to the Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. See, let the dead bury the dead. What is Jesus talking about here? He's talking about hindrances. Don't put when 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 Jesus says, follow me, you do not put any but to it. 
you just go ahead and do it. Remember the four disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John? Jesus told them, follow me. They immediately left their nets and began to follow the Lord. See, that's faith in action. That's faith and consecration, obedience uh, to what Jesus said. So discipleship in this case means that we have to be willing to put Jesus first above all things and all other people. Circumstances of life can rob us of our calling to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus has to be first in our life. If he's not first in our life, then he's placed last in our life. Because I guarantee you, if Jesus is not first, everything else, the cares of life, deceitfulness of riches, lusts of other things, are always going to be placed before uh, the Lord Jesus and what he has called us to do and what he wants to do in our life. Amen. So it requires discipleship requires consecration. Amen. Praise God. And so uh, Jesus now in verse 61, another man came to him and said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said to him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So discipleship requires no preconditions. The man who said to Jesus, I will follow you. He wanted a condition met before he was willing to follow Jesus. And there are no preconditions. Like I said before, we don't say when Jesus said, follow me, we don't say, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first. No, we follow the Lord. Amen. We need to take heed to these words of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If we're going to be true disciples of the Lord, we have to be willing to forsake all. Amen. We need to do that. And when the Lord says, follow me, hey, we don't put a butt before it. We follow him. Praise God. And we set no preconditions. Amen. And if we'll do that, then we'll be in faith and God will bless us. Amen. Hallelujah. He wants to bless us. He has a plan for our life. I'm telling you, he has a plan for our life and he wants to bless us in that plan. Now, he's not going to bless your plan. He'll do it as much as he can. He's not going to bless my plan. He'll do it as much as he can. Early in the ministry, I just could not believe God that he would take care of our needs. And I tried to go about doing it myself. And God blessed me all he could. But listen. I bypassed many, many, many blessings that the Lord had for me because I was determined to do it myself. Amen. And finally, along the way, I learned, you know, I can't do this. And I threw all my faith and all of my consecration, all my obedience on the Lord. And guess what happened? God abundantly blessed. Praise God. So let's do ourselves a lesson. Let's put Jesus first. Let's trust him. And whatever he tells us to do, let's just go ahead and do it. Praise God. All right. Now we're going to the next section, and this is the rewards of discipleship. And this is a, a section concerning the, the life and the ministry of our Lord and him commissioning the 70 to go forth. Amen. And to prepare the way from him for him uh, in the area and the regions of Judea. Uh, 
Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. And after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Now, I need to take a little side journey here, and this will do us a, a, a great help, I think. Back in John chapter 6, when Jesus was talking about him, his life being bread that must be eaten and blood that must be drunk, and the disciples found this to be a hard saying, and many of them turned around and went away from him and backed away from him, wouldn't follow him any longer. And in my mind, as I was you know, reading through the Gospels year after year, I just thought that was the 70. But I've come to find out in studying that I was wrong, that Jesus had many, many, many more disciples that really we don't know anything about. But now Jesus specifically here is appointing 70. So I think that may be just uh, a group, not all, but maybe a group. I don't know. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that chose to follow Jesus. But in the end, there was only 12 that stayed with him. Amen. And I just want to ask you a question. Are you one of those? Do you have that same heart? Do you have that same spirit that no matter what happens, you're going to stay with Jesus? I hope you do. I hope you're consecrated to do that. Amen. We both need to be, don't we? All right, verse 1 again. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. That is 35 two-man groups. Amen. And they covered an entire region. Think about that. Think about what we could do in our city if we had 35 two-man groups that would go into an entire city. Amen. And just to uh, preach the gospel and just to reveal Jesus to people. Amen. Therefore, he said unto them. Now, we're going to get into rewards. And this uh, begins in verse two. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray you, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, there's two instances in the Gospels that this is spoken. Once is in Matthew chapter nine. And Jesus spoke these words to the twelve. And he's saying these same words now to the 70. Amen. So they bear repeating. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, there are many occupations required to bring in a harvest. There's the sower. Most of us today are sowers. There are those that plant. There are those that water. But it's only God that gives the increase. So our ministry is comprised of planting seed, sowing seed, and watering the seed. Because it's God, ultimately, that in the end of time, when the harvest is ready, it's God that's going to give the increase. Amen. Praise God. And so in verse 3, Jesus says this. He says, Go your way. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Now, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus said, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. In other words, protect yourself from dangerous people. Always keep your antenna up. Always know, amen, that there are going to be those that those people who are out to kill you, murder you, destroy you. Uh, these are the kind of people that you want to uh, avoid. But there are those that are willing to listen. And the second thing that we need to understand is that we do not retaliate. 
Yes, we have to run from trouble. We'll have to flee from wrath. Amen. There will come a time that we'll have to do that. Amen. But uh, we have to bear this in mind. You know, we have to choose the hill to die on. And let's make that choice. Let's make Jesus the one that makes that choice and not us. Now, there's a lot of hills that we fight on. But there's going to come a day and time where there's a hill that we're going to have to die upon. Amen. Let's make sure it's the right hill. Praise God. Amen. And verse four says, carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes and salute no man by the way. And into whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. Now, who is the son of peace? Well, the son of peace is a householder. He's the one that welcomes the disciples of the Lord into the house or welcomes Jesus in this house. Lazarus was a son of peace. Amen. And so we need to be son, sons of peace. Amen. We need to welcome, number one, Jesus into our heart and life. We need to welcome him into our home. We need to welcome him into our ministry. And we definitely need to welcome him into our church. Amen. Praise God. And verse 7 says this, And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they have. See here? Amen. These disciples, they go forth. God is taking care of their needs through men. And he'll take care of your needs through men, too, if you'll let them. Praise God. Notice this, For the laborer is worthy of his hire. See, this is the part of the reward of those who are sent, those who obey God and go. Their needs are going to be taken care of. And as they go, their needs will be supplied. As they go, they will be healed. As they go, the Lord will show them what he wants them to do. But the, part, the, but the thing that you and I need to do is that we need to go. Praise God. Verse 8 says, And into whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. See, once again, needs are being met. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Think about that. So here's another reward. And that is the miracles of the Lord will follow your ministry. They will follow your teaching. Amen. You do not have to have a degree to lay hands upon people for them to be healed. But you do have to be obedient. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then he said, these signs will follow them that believe. Amen. You'll cast out devils. You'll speak with new tongues. The last sign that Jesus said is that you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And then Jesus says here in verse 10, but into whatsoever city you enter and they receive you not, go your way out into the streets and of the same and say, even the very dust of your city, which cleaves to us, we wipe off against you. Amen. So that indictment is against the corruption that it is in their heart to the point to where they would not receive Jesus and he would not receive disciples. Remember, if somebody doesn't receive you as a disciple of the Lord, they're not they are actually not receiving Jesus Amen. And if they're not receiving Jesus, they're not receiving the Father. And then in verse 12, notice it, notice it says, But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable in the day for Sodom than for that city. Woe unto you, Chorazin. Woe unto you, Bethsaida. 
For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which had been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. These are the cities where Jesus in his itinerary in Galilee, the area of Galilee, did his greatest works, but they did not repent. And notice that Jesus is saying here, he seems to indicate that there's going to be different degrees of judgment. Amen. Now, I don't know a whole lot about that. I bet you don't either. So we're just going to go on, move on, and, and the Lord will come back to that when the Lord gives us greater light. Amen. Verse 16, Hear, he that hears you hears me, and he that despises you despises me, and he that despises me despises him that sent me. The word despise means to reject. It means to set aside. The greatest crime that's committed by humanity today is despising the Lord Jesus Christ and despising his word. And then look at this, verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Amen. They returned with joy. And we see in this passage five rewards that the disciples received for obeying the Lord. Number one, all their needs were supplied. That means they had money, they had food, they had lodging. God took care of every need they had. And their ministry, the second blessing, was that their ministry involved the supernatural. They healed the sick. Amen. And the third blessing was that the message of Jesus that they preached brought salvation to many, drew them to the Lord Jesus. The fourth blessing is that they were fellow laborers with the Lord in the harvest, co-laborers together. How can you be a partner with the Lord Jesus and not be blessed? Amen. Praise God. And the fifth thing is that they were protected. All 70 came back. Not a one of them lost their life. Not a one of them were thrown into jail. Every one of them returned. Now, that doesn't mean that the 70 somewhere in their life lost their life or they got thrown in jail or they were put in prison. But listen, even though we suffer through the things of this world, we have security in Jesus Christ. As long as we don't deny him, he's not going to deny us. And the greatest measure of devotion is to give one's life for Jesus. And that we do every day. Amen. We die daily so that we may serve him. Praise God. All right. Now, this last section involves victory. Notice verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now, there's two thoughts on this. Number one, that Jesus is talking about at eons of time in the past when Satan was kicked out of heaven. But now the more likely and I think this is the truth, is that Jesus foresaw the beginning of the end of Satan's dominion over the inhabitants of the earth. And he saw in the 70, when he, they went out with his anointing, they came back and they had gained victory over the world, the flesh and the devil. Demonic power was defeated. And see, that's the greatest measure of the victory in the church today is that God has given us authority in the name of Jesus to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Look at verse 19. 
Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notice that. Amen. We have the power and the authority through the blood of Jesus. Amen. To do great harm and ruin to the kingdom of darkness. But Jesus said this, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, I want you to look at this part of this verse. The, the spirits are subject to you, are subject to. That is present pass, passive indicative. That means Jesus is saying to them now, the passive voice is, is the subject is receiving the action of the verb. So Jesus is speaking to the 70 and he spoke in an indicative mood, which means that's a statement to a fact. What Jesus is saying to the 70 and what he's saying to us, it is a fact that now you have power and authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Notice that over all the power of the enemy. That word power is the Greek word dunamis, explosive power. You have authority over all the force. We'll use that word. All of the force of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Now it's time for you and I, it's time for the church to execute that power. Amen. All right, now let's finish out this section. And in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and prudent, and you revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knows who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. There's only, way, only one way for us to know the Father, and that's get to know Jesus. And he turned him in unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. But God reveals them to us by his Spirit. Praise God. You and I are in a great position today. We're in a position of victory. We're in a position of strength and power, and it's all through the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. So I hope you're encouraged today to go. Be obedient. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, go do it. And as you go, God will give you direction, and He'll bless you, and the blessings of God will come upon you for your obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. 
This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.